Welcome, everyone. We're really excited for the first episode of the Eureka Fund podcast. And in this episode, you'll learn all about Eureka Investment Fund from Chairman John Young and a little bit about John himself. So, John, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm really excited. Um, and can you just start by telling us about yourself and what led to the founding of Eureka Investment Fund? Absolutely. And happy to be here, Lauren. Uh, it's good to be catching up with an old friend and happy to be talking about how we got started on this amazing journey and adventure for Eureka Fund. For those who don't know, we Eureka Fund is basically a real estate investment fund doing development and rental investments out here in California Bay Area. We're actually expanding our operations out of state as well in the U.S. Um, and how we got into this was actually very serendipitous. It mostly started off as a personal project, family project, and I was just kind of helping out the parents uh, on the weekend, <laughs> helping their manage their rental investments. And at the time I was working in big technology, like out here in Bay Area as a product manager. And what I noticed was that there was no technology to basically help with retail investments uh, for real estate. There was maybe Redfin, Zillow, and that was about it. And as wonderful as those technologies are, for real estate investors, you need a lot more. Um, and coming from kind of the fintech background, some of my big corporate clients at the time were Fidelity and BlackRock. We were building investment platforms for them. I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had something that we could use for real estate at the same time? And after doing some research for a couple months, realized that there was such a big product gap outside of those two companies. And that's how we kind of dived into Eureka Fund. Uh, initially, it was actually a technology company. It was to help find good investments in real estate. And it also tied into my passion for technology, for real estate, and basically just problem solving and working with people, interesting people in the industry. And yeah, it's been five years since then. And we've grown the team probably like 5x now. And looking to expand out of state. So it's, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, it's led me to amazing people like yourself. And we're looking to continue the journey from there. That's great. Thanks. And you and I actually know each other because we met at a Habitat for Humanity event. Um, so tell us a little bit <laughs> yes, about, we did. about your work with Habitat and how long you've been involved in the Greater Bay Area chapter. So currently I am the co-chairman for Habitat's Young Professionals Board. I believe we met, what, four years ago? Um, but I've been volunteering with Habitat for Humanity for nine years now. I actually started my work with Habitat because it was a nice way of getting out of the corporate office. Uh, we had corporate paid volunteer days. And yeah, I mean, I used to do like little kind of handyman construction projects with my dad at home when I was a kid. And yeah, it's, you know, once you start work, I mean, as we all know, it's, you kind of lose touch with all those nice, like, right, side projects you get to do on the side, uh, right, the work-life balance. And that was a nice way of me connecting back to all of that. 
And yeah, the more I went to volunteer, uh, man, again, in the beginning, it was maybe like one or two volunteering events a year. Um, But yeah, the more you did it, the more you started wondering, right? Um, Especially it's like, hey, how does a nonprofit build like 30, 40 units uh, development projects out here in Bay Area, considering how expensive it is? how most like in real estate investment funds don't even have that financial or operational capacity. So yeah, long story short, started asking some questions and then people just kept referring me to other people. And then next thing you know, I, I'm on Habitat Young Professionals board and then I've been Habitat Young Professionals co-chair for the last two years. Building, I would say about 50 to 100 homes per year in the wow. Bay Area as a nonprofit uh, with plenty of corporate partners and plenty of wonderful volunteers. And again, it's at least the mission goal is that housing is a necessity. It's not a privilege. And housing affects so many, so many more aspects of life, right? Including health of individuals, uh, people who have permanent homes, are much healthier than people who live in rentals because you have less stress uh, trying to figure out how to keep a roof over your children. Habitat families generally have graduates from basically secondary education, so from high school to colleges, right? Um, At seven times the rate compared to families of the same socioeconomic background. So really housing is the core to everything we do, not just for Habitat, but also for Eureka. It's that a house is, is where you come home to. It's, it's everything. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you, in your past few years as co-chair, obviously there's a, a huge tie to your knowledge in real estate and your work with Eureka Fund. But even before that, has, you know, real estate been a, a big interest of yours did that start with Habitat or what came first, Habitat or your interest in real estate? <laughs> <laughs> it actually came before. Don't know if you watched the movie, The Big Short, uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Steve Carell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> right. Basically, we're talking about the big housing crisis, right, in 2008. When I was 19, I was working at a hedge fund down in Santa Monica, nine-person firm, and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was, bas- I was basically a data monkey. I was like crunching data, uh, looking at all these houses. And I was like, why are we looking at all these houses? It turned out that these guys were investing in investment portfolios mm. where all these big banks, uh, again, referencing back to the movie, um, all these big banks basically were creating mortgages for people who couldn't afford them. To them, it was just a quick money-making scheme, right? To make application fees, to get these people to pay interest, that they absolutely couldn't sustain or afford. And unfortunately, I mean, I had no idea at the time, but basically the hedge fund I was working at was trading the other side of that bet, which is basically where the movie reference comes in. It's right, the smartest guys in the room, right? Basically my bosses all used to work for these big banks. Like uh, Mm -hmm. they were, most of them, managing directors work for Credit Suisse First Boston. And again, they saw the writing on the wall, they warned their banks and the banks didn't listen. So they're like, well, you know what? We're not gonna stay there until everything, right? Spot, shit hits the fan basically. And so they left and started their own hedge fund. So that was kind of the first internship I wandered into. Um, and that was 2007. So actually 
for industry professionals, 2007 was when actually the housing crisis started. It wasn't 2008. For Main Street America, they're like, 2008 is when you started hearing news. Mm -hmm. 2007 was actually when things started going crazy. And by 2008, so there was actually three bailouts uh, in 2007. Um, Merrill Lynch was bought by Bank of America. Prudential was bought by Wells Fargo. And I believe Washington Mutual was bought by JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. And I think also Chase Bank, uh, Chase Manhattan. So basically by 2008, when everyone else heard, right, uh, Main Street America heard that things went bad, that's when Lehman Brothers went down and then all the banks had no money left to buy anyone else out. So that was actually my first internship was just kind of doing data analysis. And just like as a 19 year old, you're just like, oh man, these people haven't paid their taxes for like two and a half years. You're like, that doesn't sound good. But right, as a 19 year old, you have no idea what that means in a general context. Until the next year, you're like, oh wow, America's going into a great depression. And you're like, that's not good. Um, and then you realize that basically, like the movie suggested, it's like, that shouldn't be allowed, really. Yeah. So yeah, after that experience at 19, you could definitely say it's like, well, I actually took a break from real estate and finance. I was like, I don't know if I want to be involved with that. I was like, you know, you watch everyone there. They're super stressed out. Um, yeah, they made some money, but it's like, it just didn't seem like a good environment. Mm-hmm. But from that takeaway, it was like, hey, data is important. Integrity is important. And really at the end of the day, it's like the money will come if you're doing a good job, right? But chasing the money and not doing a good job or not being ethical is like, that's not the right business model. And that's why we kind of ended up where we were at that time. So to me, it was like the kind of takeaway is like, hey, it's, you can be successful in business, but you can't take shortcuts. And you absolutely, yeah, have to care about the people you're working with. Like they're not just a piggy bank or some ATM card that you can just punt for money. Um, and that's where we ended up where we were, right? It's like kind of a long journey, a kind of roundabout where it's, yeah, basically worked in tech for a little bit uh, just because I was fascinated that, hey, because we had information and we used information correctly that a hedge fund could make more money even though everyone else had the same data and still lost money, right? It's like how you use it. Uh, the integrity portion also was like, hey, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. It's like, again, if you do it right, you'll be successful in the long run. Like there's no need to rush it and then cut corners. And finally, it's again, right? It's about the people. It's like, if you cut corners, if you try to take advantage of the clients, um, at the end of the day, it's like your business is not going to last a long time. Um, and I can say for sure it's today, um, at least everyone we work with, it's they're wonderful. Like they're all good people. We love working with them. It's all about making sure the client is taken care of. Uh, and then includes like a lot of the agent brokers, the lenders like First Republic, right? Um, even the team, right? It's like taking care of the team is important for taking care of the client. So right. all in all, it's it was a very good lesson to learn at 19. And again, I thank all of my mentors and bosses and teachers at that time. It's like, uh, in fact, I probably should give them a call. <laughs> and yeah, I, I would say it's, well, let's put it this way. Not a lot of 19 year olds have that kind of first experience uh, at work. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you took some of the the positive experiences and, and learned a lot from it. And then you took some of the negative experiences and you went the extreme route and joined Habitat for Humanity to really make an impact where- There you go. Uh, Maybe I was feeling guilty. Well, I think you just saw some of the families that you could you could help and, and really get involved. And it's great to hear that you have all these aspects of your life that have all culminated and led to your work with real estate and Eureka Fund. And I love hearing you tell the story. So I, I hope you can share- again, but how you came up with the name Eureka? Eureka actually was a Eureka moment. One day I was walking to work and right, we're on Market Street, we're on Market M first. And I just looked down randomly. I'm like, I made this walk, same path, right, to work for a good two, three years already. And one day I just happened to look down, right, while waiting for the red light to change. And basically there's this copper plaque that's always been there. It wasn't new. And I looked down and it basically just said like, oh, on this date, so-and-so January 24th, 1849, this is where the water line was, right? This is where the ferry building basically was when they found gold uh, up in Sutter's Mill, right near Sacramento River. And I was just like, well, that's the name, Eureka, right? It's like, when they found gold up in, in Sutter's Mill, up in Sacramento area, that was the first thing. Apparently, that was the first thing they shouted. Who knows if that's true, right? <laughs> but apparently, right, that's the story we all learned as California kids, right? In fourth yep. grade, like everyone's learned that story. And I was like, oh, hell, that's the name. It's Eureka Fund. And to me, it was perfect because, well, it's that bolt of inspiration, right? And second of all, it's like we found a new way of doing business in real estate, um, finding kind of value, right, through tech. And I was like, well, tech is basically our modern era's right version of gold, right? It's digital gold. Yep. But the best part about Eureka is that there's actually two other stories um, that makes it perfect, right, for the company is that Eureka, there's another story about Eureka is that Archimedes, um, if anyone's heard of that name, right? Archimedes, super smart Greek philosopher and scientist. Back in the day, basically, when he was a citizen of Syracuse, was hired by the king um, to basically measure whether this gold crown that was given to the king as a gift, um, whether it was real or not, right? Because at the time, I guess people would cheat um, and give something that wasn't gold, but just right, put a little gold paint over it and call it gold. So the king was like, hey, you can't melt this crown down, but I want you to tell me if it's real. So Archimedes, being a smart guy, was like, well, how do I figure that out? So day after day goes by and he's thinking about it. He's like, well, I guess I can measure it with density, which is right, mass over volume. And you can measure mass by just weighing the thing, right? So that's not hard. But how do you measure volume for something where you can't melt it down, right? Because a gold brick, you can measure volume easily. But a crown, right, is an intricate, design. So day, day by day goes by. And then one day he gets into his bathtub. And this is a famous story. He gets into his bathtub and water spills out as he's getting into his bathtub. And that's when he finally realizes like, oh, you can measure volume by dunking something into water and measuring how much water comes out. 
So he literally runs down the street of his town, butt naked, screaming out Eureka, which in Greek actually means I've discovered it or I found it. Right. Which again is, I mean, we're not planning on running down the streets of Marcus Street butt naked, <laughs> but, uh, but right. Eureka is absolutely a perfect slogan or a motto for what we do, which is right. Real estate may be a very conservative and I call, call it traditional industry, but we're always looking for new ways of doing things. Yeah. I love that story. It's, it's perfect. Um, and, and that's the, the perfect segue into talking about your company's mission and, and exactly what you guys do and, and the priorities. And also a little bit about what sets your fund apart from other funds. So like we said, real estate investing, Eureka Fund, what we do isn't brand new, right? right? But the long-term goal of Eureka Fund ties back not into our community goals, right? Which is making sure that housing is affordable, um, right? So how do we do it in a best way where investors make money or vendors or partners make money, right? Like lenders. But also to us, it's, I mean, sustainability. The wildfires have been a huge part of the last decade uh, of living here. Like when we were kids, probably not as much, but lately much more so. yeah, and combined with the drought, yeah. it's not a great situation. Yeah. No, not at all, which all comes back one and the same, right? It's, yeah. So for us, I mean, I would say three company mission goals, really, the pillars, right, of what we do is building houses, yes. Also, sustainability. And, right, again, this is where Eureka's name comes into play, where it's like looking at innovation and technology, right, where we can hopefully find ways of making housing a less polluting industry. Um, People actually don't know this. Uh, Housing and real estate and real estate operations is actually like the fourth biggest polluting industry in the world. Um, Yeah, behind energy, fashion and agriculture, we're actually the fourth biggest polluting. So yeah, there's those two pieces. And finally for us, it's, uh, I mean, this is more long-term, but for us it's housing, and real estate and architecture is also, it's something people can admire, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things that I, I really liked hearing about when when I first started doing some work with Eureka Investment Fund. And there's such a clear passion that you and the team have for real estate and just you talking about the architecture of, of real estate and, and that being <laughs> art, I think shows a lot about the, the whole vision of the team and, and your company. Um, and to me, that's even that is what sets Eureka Investment Fund apart from some of the other funds that I've talked to and, and worked with. But can you talk a little bit about your clients and how much, how much knowledge do they need to have about real estate before getting involved with a company like Eureka Investment Fund? You actually don't have to know anything. Uh- <laughs> that's part of the beauty of what we do is that we educate. Um, We love when people want to get involved in real estate and learn more about it. Uh, For example, like when you get excited about it, we get excited about it. No experience needed, no existing knowledge. We love anyone, beginners to veteran. 
Yeah. And I think one of, one of the biggest values of working with, with your team is there's so much of it that is tied to the relationship building and you guys really want to invest time and exactly what, what they're looking for and their interest in real estate in general and how you can partner with them and help them. Oh, you bet. The clients, the people. In fact, we've spent this whole time talking about real estate, Eureka architect, like architects, right? Architecture. I would say this, without people, like the interesting people we get to meet, we want to do any of this. That's great. The, the value that you guys add in that space, you have all of these existing relationships. So someone, yeah, for example, like me, if I were to buy a house, I don't have to worry about, okay, what contractor should I work with? Do I have to get <laughs> anything approved by government? Um, you guys would help assist with all of those services. And that I think is a huge weight off of anyone's shoulders. That's dealing with the, the stress, but also in enjoyment of looking for a new house to purchase and um, invest in. So let's talk a little bit about what real estate as an industry looks like today. And if there's any trends that you find exceptionally interesting that you're seeing and that people should be aware of, I guess, for future real estate investments. Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think the easy follow-up is also, well, what kind of investments should people be looking at, right? Um, We really have to look at the broad trend of what's going on in real estate today, right? It's, especially if you're looking at big metropolitan areas, um, California mostly, right? Los Angeles, Bay Area, San Diego. When people talk to us about, oh, real estate is over, overvalued, real estate is a bubble really the problem they're talking about is that it's so expensive that it feels hopeless for them to even consider buying it and we completely agree it's i mean that's why we help out in habitat right um you and i both and many of our friends but really if you take a like root cause look at that problem it's it's not that housing is overvalued it's that we don't build enough houses And that's because of existing laws in place, right? So really, when people ask like, hey, million dollar question, where should I go invest? I would say, keep investing in places where there's jobs, there's universities, and where people can find good jobs, right? Um, And where people are, you know, especially young people are moving to. We started on Eureka Fund's journey. Like, it wasn't just because we found a, a good fitting name and then we're just like, okay, I guess we're doing real estate. We looked at a bunch of research reports like in 2014, 15 from Harvard Business School uh, and Harvard Public Policy School and also McKinsey, right? Uh, consulting company. Big metropolitan areas are facing a housing crisis for the next decade or two. Mm-hmm. McKinsey said that California had a 3 million housing unit shortage by the end of 2016. I think they came out with a report in November 2016. And again, I guarantee you, we're not building more than like 50,000 houses to 100,000 houses a year in Bay Area, right? So you divide 3 million by 100,000, that's a 30-year problem to fix, right? Like when you see big headlines like, oh, Facebook puts $2 billion or Google puts $1 billion into real estate, 
again, we are not making fun of that. It's like, we thank them for everything they're doing to help. But if you think about it, it's like, if a house costs half a million to build, a billion dollars, $2 billion doesn't build that many houses, right? Um, I mean, ballpark math, it's, I believe a billion dollars only builds 2,000 houses. $2 billion only builds 4,000 houses in California, right? So when we're talking 3 million housing unit shortage, it's like even the biggest corporations, not just in California or the US, like, I mean, we're talking probably top 10 biggest companies in the world. They're putting what, like a 4% dent into a 30-year decade. And we're talking an annual debt. Like they're putting 4% housing supply units into one year out of a 30-year long-term problem. It's like, yeah, that's why we were like, okay, well, real estate is going to be around to stay. Prices are only going to get more and more expensive. And again, it's we're part of the problem. We're part of the solution. And again, it's, it's a collaborative effort. Like it's not just going to be Eureka fund solving it. Like it's going to take the entire industry to really come together. Honestly, the way I see it, California is only going to solve this. If we kind of go public hybrid um, industry kind of model in the long run, Mm. it just, yeah. Private industry doesn't have enough firepower or capital to build at the pace of a hundred thousand to quarter million housing units a year. Like it just, not only do we not, it's also like, if you leave it to private developers, no offense to private developers, because we are private developers, but it's like private developers are always going to try to build luxury because that's the highest margin. Like that's not going to house most people. Um, So it is a long-term problem. Again, like we said, it's going to be a fascinating problem to work on. Yeah, Um, we're definitely going to tap into Eureka Fund's network of awesome clients and partners because there's, I mean, just from you, there's such a wealth of knowledge and and interesting topics that everyone can touch on. And real estate is, it's an industry that is constantly evolving. So I'm, I'm super excited for our next few episodes and It was great hearing the origin story of Eureka Fund, if you will, and how you got involved and started this whole venture. Ending with the the, some of the trends that you're looking at is a perfect segue into the next few episodes, um, where we'll dig more into those topics and hear from um, people who have been in the industry for a really long time as well. Definitely looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, the wonderful world of real estate for the rest of this year and all our upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. Thanks again for your time. This was awesome. I'm excited to join the podcast ride with Eureka Fund and, and hear some more talks from partners. It'll be really interesting. Oh, absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening.